It all comes down to the last weekend as me many teams will be fighting for their playoff lives. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. As always with me is Ivis Skolarsep. What's up, man? What's going on, Garrett? Nothing much, dude. I, uh, I I got into the Breaking Bad, so I'm finally going to get all those uh, crazy references you mentioned on the show. How many uh, how many episodes have you polished off? I'm binging, man. I, I just hit uh, ep- <laughs> oh, nice. season three, episode one. Wow. That's yeah. yeah that, you know what? I did the same thing when I when I first uh, got caught on the Breaking Bad because I wanted to watch it when it first came out. Yeah, but then I wasn't able to catch the first couple, and you know, you know, how it is. when you miss miss the first few episodes, you kind of don't want to jump in. So once it was on Netflix, uh, after I think season three, uh, I watched all I watched a full three seasons in like a couple of days. It was crazy, but it was an amazing show, one of the best shows ever. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. I usually when I work, I have my computer and I set up like my iPad next to me, and then I just watch Netflix while I'm working. So like, I went through Orange Is the New Black. That was pretty good. Have you seen that? No. That's good. You should watch that. You'd enjoy that. Um, all right, it was enough enough about the TV shows that we watch because on Sunday night we'll be talking Walking Dead anyway. So uh, <laughs> tons to talk about on today's show. Uh, for people listening, there is no SBI Q and A on this show. Ivis and I are working on a new system that we will talk about more on Sunday night for the Q and A segment. So there'll be no uh, Q and A for this show, but still lots of, lots to talk about. Like I said, uh, Ivis, we need to talk about U.S. Men's National Team. Uh, Americans Abroad, CONCACAF Champions League. But before we get into all that, as I mentioned, it's the final week of the 2013 MLS regular season. Many teams, especially in the Eastern Conference, are going to be fighting for their lives. And one team just down the road from you, Ivis, the New York Red Bulls, have an opportunity to win their first trophy against the Chicago Fire. And the Fire, they need three points in this game. Ivis, the question is, though, does New York let their fans down again in this game? That's the big question. Everyone's wondering what's going to happen. Are they going to find a way to break their their his, the history of failures, or are they going to find a new, a creative, painful way to let their fans down? And you know, it's really it's tough. You know, you, you, anyone who who has followed this team for years, you can't help but f- almost expect the worst. And it's it, it, it just you know, it's like the whole the whole saying. You know, those who who, who ignore history are doomed to repeat it. We've seen it so many times before, but this team, if there's a team, if there's a version of the Red Bulls that can break that hex, this team has the look of that of being able to be that team. They're playing with a lot of confidence. They're, they, they, they have depth. They have quality. They're mm-hmm. at home. It comes down to one game. But, I, but you know what? You can't take it for granted. You can't. You can't look because you know what? You can't ignore history. It's happened before. They've had big games at home before where all they needed was a result. 2011 uh, playoffs against San Jose. All they needed was a draw and they move on to the, to the Eastern Conference final and they get knocked off. And that year, who knows? Maybe they get to the, uh, to the championship. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I, well, one thing I can tell you, it's going to be a crazy oh, scene yeah. at Red Bull Arena. It's, uh, the, the, it's, the game's already sold out. And I know for all the all the Red Bull skeptics uh, who always question their attendance, I can tell you without question that the stadium is going to be rocking on Sunday. Uh, here's my prediction: Mike McGee scores a late goal, and uh, Chicago Fire win, and it confirms Mike McGee as the MVP by qualifying Chicago Fire for the playoffs. That's my prediction. That that's possible. I, I, it's either that or maybe a Dilly Duca a winner or a Joel Impair. Winner. It's going to be – if the Red Bulls fail – It's going to be a good game. It's, it's, if the Red Bulls fail, it's going to be something tied into their history. It's going to be a former player that's going to – and, hey, Mike McGee's a former uh, a Metro yeah. Stars player. So they, any one of those three or maybe all three. Maybe Mike McGee scores the goal to gives him, that gives him the golden boot. Maybe Joel Impaire scores the winner. Maybe Dilla Duke uh, sets all the, all the goals up. But you know what? The Red Bulls could do it. I, I feel like they, they have been playing really well. 
Mm-hmm. They've got some real winners on that team. Someone like a guy like Tim Cahill, you know, he knows what 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 why this game matters so much, and he's going to send the message to the locker room. And you know what? I, I think it's tough to call. I think if anything. Uh, it, it could be a draw, but I think it, either way, it's going to be an exciting game. Yeah, and also Mike Pecky said that he's going to stick out his uh, strongest lineup possible. So uh, yeah, that, I don't, that, I don't, I, I just don't get why this is even a question. Oh, I'm just letting I, everyone I, know. I know, I know, but I, I'm just saying. I saw the story out there, and I'm just like, what? Is, why would you rest your team? Like you're going to get a week off as it is. You're still playing. There's still so much to play for. Like it's not even a question. If you have the supporter shield in your sights and you're at home. Like there's nothing to ask there. I mean, I can see if they if they had Champions League in midweek, or, or they're you know they they were tired, they, you know congested schedule. But no, they had they're not facing any of those issues. Their schedule is actually working out really well for them. They, they don't have the midweek games that some other teams have. So everything there's no excuses. There's no excuses. They're healthy. They're at home. If they don't get it done under these circumstances, then it's just you know what. At, at a certain point, they're gonna have to hire a witch doctor to to break the curse they got there. Oh, well, that is the biggest game in the Eastern Conference. Over in the Western Conference, I guess the biggest game, L.A. taking on the Seattle Sounders. Both teams want to avoid that play-in playoff game where you finish in the fourth and fifth spot because you're most likely going to have to face the Colorado Rapids. Uh, still a chance, though, for Colorado to move out of that. I still think, though, that L.A. will take care of business against Seattle. I think they'll be then on a six-match losing streak. And with Eddie Johnson leaving practice this week, I think uh, Seattle limps into the playoffs. L.A. finishes third in the Western Conference. What do you think? Uh, I, you know what, I, Seattle. I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to, to call it. I'm not ready to, to to put them in the in the, in the grave just yet. Um, I know they've got they've got some issues. They, you know, they have the the, the winless streak they've got going on now. But I don't know, man. I, it's just something about that team. Uh, there's no, you know, there's no real signs there that should tell you that they're going to turn it around. But this is MLS, you know. In MLS, you could you could totally back moonwalk your way into the playoffs. You could totally struggle, and then you just catch fire and get and and make a run. So that's why for me, it's hard to write them off. Uh, although LA, I tell you what, LA's getting their pieces back together. I'm sure they see this as an important game, not just for the seeding factor, mm-hmm. but also just to get get some momentum going and get uh, some rhythm in that team because they've obviously had Landon Donovan, Omar Gonzalez have missed games, and so they they haven't had their full strength squad together. But now that they have them back. Um, it's going to be their chance to really kind of flex their muscles there. Uh, L.A. should win that game, you know, just looking at, at at everything there. But, again, Seattle's at home. It's going to be an insane crowd. They're going to have one of their bigger crowds of the year. And they just don't lose when they play in front of those big crowds. You know, they usually win. So uh, I, I think Seattle wins. I think I think the, the they're going to get, you know, pushed on by their crowd. And you know what? Maybe Clint Dempsey finally finds that first goal. Uh, of the season. Oh yeah, could you imagine <laughs> if he scores in this game for the Seattle win? Oh, oh, it'll, it'll be insane. It, it, you know what? It can totally happen. Well, Ivis on uh, Wednesday night, Real Salt Lake played. They defeated Chivas USA two to one. Joel Plata, one of the better pickups this year, scored a goal for Real Salt Lake in that game. So right now, Ivis, they are first in supporter shield. Um, I just want to just mention that to, as we go on. If anyone's wondering why they're not playing this weekend, they play the midweek game, so their season's officially done. First in the supporters' shield, so obviously they're going to be hope, hoping that New York loses. it. So they're also going to be hoping that Sporting Kansas City falls to the Philadelphia Union. And for the Union Ivis, they need all three points in this game to even have a glimmer of hope for the playoffs. Uh, one good thing going for the Union Ivis is that Sporting Kansas City's form as of late hasn't been the best, and the Union did beat them recently, one to zero, but. Just with the Union, four games, only four goals. 
Uh, I mean, breakdown in the second half against Montreal, even though they're at home, I, I just don't see them being able to pick up three points against Sporting Kansas City. Uh, I, I, I tend to agree with you there. I think uh, I think they, they've kind of missed their shot. I know they still have a chance, and, and they're obviously going to go out there looking to, to, to beat KC again. And I know people look at the results and say, hey, they beat KC before, well, they could do it again. Uh, I think it's going to be a little different this time around. You know, I think I think it, it's a little weird, but I think playing in, in at PPL Park is actually going to help KC in a certain way. Because for those of us who watched that Philly game in KC, the field was atrocious. It was an absolute mess. I think the field at PPL Park is going to be nice and smooth. It's going to play into what KC likes to do. They like to move the ball around, keep, keep it on the ground. Uh, I think it'll be a good game. I think Philly's going to definitely give their all. But, you know, it, 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 like you say, they've struggled to put uh, put goals in at any really good rate. And, and I think it's going to be tough for them to deal with KC uh, in a game that you know, you know, once again, Casey, you know they're going to want to build some momentum going into the into the playoffs. Uh, well, actually, my prediction, I'll say, I think this will end in a draw because the next game, Portland Timbers, I think they'll beat Chivas USA, and because them winning and New York, and my predictions earlier, losing and Sporting Kansas City losing, I'm calling it. Ivis Portland Timbers will defeat Chivas USA and win the Supporter Shield. There you go, man. That's uh, that's not that's, a, it's not that's a stretch. My, by that's my that's fearless prediction. That's not a stretch by any means. Um, uh, you know, at KC, they could they could definitely drop points in Philly. Uh, I don't think that's a stretch. Um, the thing with Philly is even if they win, they're still going to need help. Uh, they're going to st- still need plenty of help to, to get into the playoffs. So uh, does that make their season a failure if they don't make it? I, I wouldn't say that. You know, I, I think going, you know, before the season I said, I said, you know, this is a young team. This is a team that, you know, if they're competing for a playoff spot, uh, considering the mm-hmm. the inexperience and considering the the mess that their salary cap is or has was coming into this season, uh, I think it would be a bit of an accomplishment just to even be on the doorstep of the playoffs. Yeah. And and uh, when you look at the standings right now, I mean they're pretty much going to need two teams to collapse ahead of them, and they're going to need to win. Uh, you know you don't you don't want to. It's tough to imagine Houston losing to DC, and it's. Uh, you know, then it comes down to can Columbus take care of business against New England? Columbus has nothing to play for uh, except for their interim coach, who you know I'm sure they're going to want to play for him and see if they can help him get the, the 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 open Columbus Crew job. Although the sense that I get is that he is not going to get the job. I think one of the can, one of the candidates that they're they're looking at is going to end up being hired, not Brian Bliss. Um, so it's going to be tough for Philly. It, it really is. But this season, I still think was was a good one in certain ways, and it's something to build on. And next year. They're going to be a year older with some of these younger players, and um, they're going to get some of that money back that they've been kind of that's been wasting away on their salary cap. So, watch out for Philly in 2014, but I don't think they're going to get it done uh, this weekend. Well, we've mentioned all the teams that are in the running for the Supporters Shield: New York, Sporting Kansas City. We're also like in the Portland Timbers. I, we look, didn't really mention the Portland Timbers. Well, okay. I, well, they should beat Chivas USA. I, look, I, I, that's my fearless prediction. Is it probably going to happen? Probably not. It's a little bit of a stretch. But out of those four teams, Ivis, who do you see winning the Supporters Shield? Well, you want you have to think New York's the favorite, right? I mean, they mm-hmm. just they really just need a draw. I mean, unless KC wins. If KC wins. The pressure's on them. But if Casey doesn't get the win on Saturday, then the Red Bulls suddenly go into Sunday knowing they just need the draw uh, to, to get the Sporter Shield. So it's gonna, a lot of that's going to depend on, on, on what KC does. I just think the Red Bulls, I don't know, man. I, I, think, I, think I, could, I could totally see I could totally see Portland ending up with it. I say, I say, I say New York. I say New York. But if they collapse again, it'll be it'll be it'll be Portland. And I think if Portland does win the Sports Shield, Caleb Porter for sure, hands down, Coach of the Year. 
So so we're, look at they were already look at that. It's already hammer. I don't. Hand, they, honestly, I don't. I don't buy I don't I don't buy into that kind of logic because I think too many people get caught up in the idea of oh if, if they get to this point or if they get this award because I mean the same thing's been said about Mike Pecky for for coach of the year or well if they win the supporter shield uh, he has to get it and I just don't I don't I don't agree you have to look at the full body of work what the expectations were coming in the season where they've taken the team as far as from where they were uh, and and e- what, e- even if they don't win you know even if they don't win the supporter shield I don't see how you don't give it to Portland. Uh, it, it's a three-horse race, as we've said, but it, it does seem a lot of people are, uh, are talking about Mike Pecky and it's picking up steam. Mm-hmm. I'll give a stat for everyone to consider, yes. and it, it might surprise some people. Here's the question. If the Red Bulls win on Sunday, how many more points will they have they improved from last year? I'm asking you now. What do you think the answer to that is? Give me, um, give me a guess. I would how say points? eight points. Right. Okay, that's your, that's your guess, right? Yes. Uh, and how many more points will Portland have improved from last year? Portland will improve, I would say, probably 20 points maybe. Okay, so those are your guesses, right? Yes. Well, I'll tell you what. As of right now, not even counting the Chiefs USA game this weekend, Portland has improved by 20 points. 20 points, which is an amazing stat. If they win, it will be a 23-point improvement. As for the Red Bulls, if they win on Sunday, how many points will they be better than last year? Two. Two points better than last year. They were tied for the fourth best record in the league last year, and they had a really good offseason revamping their roster. So what people need to realize is this is a good team. This was a good team. This is one of the highest salary caps in the league. They have two of the best players in the league. It's it, it, Mike Pecky had a lot more to work with. It doesn't mean it was an easy job. By no means. I'm not downplaying what he's done. He's done a great job. Mm-hmm. But you have to put it all in context. Look at where the team was. Look where he's taking it. He's done a good job. But I don't see how you even come close to comparing what he's done with that team and what Caleb Porter has done. Taking a team that was a laughing stock, a weak team, mm-hmm. a soft team, uh, uh, one of the worst teams in the league, and turn them into now one of the best teams in the league. And it's, so for me, it's not even close. I uh, I agree. I, I'm not saying <clears throat> I'm not saying if my picky wins supporter shield. I just think that uh, for Caleb Porter, I think it's a slam dunk after that if he does win it. Staying in the Eastern Conference, Ivis, Columbus is hosting the New England Evolution, doing one of those home and home things. New England uh, won last week, as you said earlier. Columbus has nothing to play for. New England still fighting for their playoff lives. Uh, what do you see happening in this game? Uh, just looking at it, most people would say, "Oh, New England's going to walk. New England, they, they're playing well." playing with confidence they need the game uh you know what they should win but something tells me this columbus this columbus team they find they find games where they just really turn it on uh there's not a lot of consistency there but when they play well they're tough to deal with and new england's hasn't been the best road team mm-hmm. you know they, they they've struggled on the road so for that reason i think columbus could surprise them i think columbus can get a draw spoil spoil their run a bit and uh, if they do that, obviously the you know teams like the the Philadelphia Union will be happy, the Houston Dynamo will be happy. Uh, I think I think that's what's going to happen. I think the Columbus Crew they've played well under Brian Bliss. They're going to want to send them out with a win, mm-hmm. and, and I think they get I think they get a result. I think they pull I think they pull the upset. Really? Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I think draw, but I, I'll just I, I think it'll be tied. I think New England will be pushing hard uh, for a winner, and then they're going to burn because I, I think they I think they have to know that a tie will not be enough to help them uh, for their playoff hopes. They need a win. So if it's 1-1 yeah. in the 85th minute, uh, Jay Heaps is going to have to throw everything forward. 
They're going to get caught on the counter. Dominic Aduro is going to burn them. Boom, 3-1, final. So I think I, I can see that happening. Does that mean I don't think New England can win? No, I definitely can think that they can win. They've been they, they, they've shown serious confidence after that Red Bulls game. Uh, and I said it then. Even though, even though they, they, blew, they dropped the points, uh, th- that was going to spark them. And it has. But you know what? They're still a young team. They still have to learn some things, and I think they're going to fall short. Well, a draw against the uh, crew for New England could be bad because Houston Dynamo taking on D.C. United. I mean, Houston should pick up three points easily there. But then again, you never know. But they still should, though. Right. They, oh, you know, it's – yeah, I mean, they, they're in a bit of a tough spot. They just got uh, embarrassed in the CONCACAF Champions League. They got, mm-hmm. you know, knocked out of there. Obviously, Dom Kinnear had to make a tough decision there. Uh, you know, he's got this must-win game against D.C. So he trotted out a mostly reserve side – and it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to get them out of the group stage in the Champions League. Uh, but, again, D.C., they're playing D.C. D.C. is down to their bare bones. It's pretty much once they won the U.S. Open Cup, it's like a yard sale kicked off. It's like everyone starts getting injured, season-ending injuries. Everyone's trying to plan their vacations pretty much. So it's what's left of D.C. United is not much to work with. Uh, so they shouldn't put, put up much of a challenge. There's no excuse. Houston absolutely should get all three points. And then the final game in the Eastern Conference, Montreal Impact. They're going to be going down to the TO, taking on Toronto FC. I'm calling it upset. Toronto FC will defeat Montreal and knock them out of the playoffs. It can totally happen. Uh, Montreal has not played that great. They, they did show well in coming back against the Union. But we all know how it, can, how it goes sometimes when, when a rival can play the spoiler. And, and Toronto, they'll be at home. Uh, I can absolutely see them burning that Montreal defense, which is shaky, really shaky. Uh, it's not going to be a pretty game, but I think I agree. I think Toronto could pull the upset. Uh, moving over to the Western Conference, Ivis, the Colorado Rapids, even though they haven't technically qualified for the playoffs, are pretty much in, barring some, I think it would be like a what 0-18 to 18 loss or something like that to the Vancouver Whitecaps to knock them out uh, and for San Jose to get in there. So Colorado is on the road up in Vancouver. Um this is a big game for them, Ivis. Uh, opportunity for them uh, to finish third in the Western Conference if uh, Seattle and L.A. Uh, play to a draw. So for Colorado, they have a lot to play for in this final game, even though um, they're in the playoffs regardless. But still, I mean, finishing third in the Western Conference would be huge for them. It's going to be tough either way because, I mean, if you look at it, um, L.A. plays Seattle, so they won't pass both those teams. So, you know, Unless those teams tie. If the teams tie... But again, they won't know that because LA Seattle is the last game of the weekend. Uh, so they're going to Colorado's going to want to go to Vancouver, put up their three points, and mm. see if they can hopefully get a draw and avoid the wild card. Uh, I think they should win. You know, nothing against Vancouver. Vancouver's got some t- uh, some some dangerous attacking weapons that, that they've you know definitely showed off in the last few weeks. But I think now that it's over for them, now that the playoffs is out of reach, uh, their their season's pretty much over. Martin Rennie, I would I would put any amount of money on he won't be back next year. So it's a they're a bit of a dead team walking, you know. There's there's not going to be a lot to play for there. So I think they're going to come out flat. And I think the Rapids, with the quality that they have, could absolutely jump all over mm-hmm. Vancouver. And I think they could they could make that an ugly one. And the uh, other game in the the only game not to have a a playoff implication: San Jose hosting FC Dallas. Um, both teams has nothing to play for, except for San Jose did advance in the CONCACAF Champions League. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. Uh, but in this game, Ivis, uh, it doesn't, doesn't mean anything. So, uh, w- what should we expect? <laughs> well, the funny thing <laughs> is there's nothing on the line in this game, but it's actually on, on television. It's on national TV. It's on NBC sports. 
And one thing I'd say is, uh, you know, I don't know how realistic it is or how feasible it would have been. But if there were if there had been a way for MLS to switch in another game, I think that would have been ideal. I think it would have been better uh, to to try to show. I mean, even a Portland Chivas game, you know, uh, that that has oh, yeah. uh, that has some implications. You know, that has some playoff implications. So why wouldn't you? If there were a way to do that, I mean, obviously there's a five hour difference in start times, but you know, obviously the NFL is doing that now with their flex schedule. Uh, you would even the Premier League now. The Premier League, you'll see them swap in games uh, to to get a better one. But it, it's tough. It's tough. That's just that's just a little random note there. Uh, San Jose, Dallas. Uh, there's not much to see there. There's not much. Uh, I mean, unless you want to watch the game and see if if any Dallas players fight their teammates again. I mean, maybe <laughs> that, that, that could be something worthwhile. Or if Steven Lenhart doubles someone in the face or gets a red card. I mean, that, that's pretty much what you're watching for. It's like watching a, you know auto racing for waiting to see a crash. That's pretty much the only thing, reason to watch this game. That or if you have fantasy soccer, fantasy MLS implications. Otherwise, you really probably shouldn't watch this game. Well, I mean, obviously, the purpose of this game to be on national TV was to celebrate the final game at Buckshaw Stadium, which... Will, will not happen this year. So wow, you really, really <laughs> dug deep. Dude, that, uh, that. Ivis, uh, I know that's that's some breaking breaking uh, breaking analysis on the uh, SBI show right there by by Young Garrett cleverly. Moving on, Ivis, Concacaf Champions League. As I just said, San Jose, um, their group is it's uh, <clears throat> they. Got a lot of help from Montreal, to, to say the least, in this group. But Chris Wondolowski gets a second-half goal. San Jose moves on out of the group stage in the CONCACAF Champions League. And uh, they joined two other uh, American teams to move on, the LA Galaxy and Sporting Kansas City. So three out of four teams, uh, U.S. teams, and three out of four MLS teams move on. I think you probably would have wanted to see four, at least five move on, but... Uh, well, you could, well, you couldn't see five move on. Uh, you're right. You're, I'm sorry. You want to see four out of five. So it's, I think it's unfortunate that you couldn't get all teams, especially Houston when uh, they did not have a good game. But still, um, all teams have moved on. And you have some interesting matchups. So uh, congratulations to all the teams that moved on. And I'm looking forward to that L.A. versus Tijuana game. Everybody's looking forward to that one. Uh, it's it's kind of the matchup that, that everyone's dreamed of when Tijuana first got into the Mexican League. Uh, the battle for the, the so- Southern California uh border area uh it, you know obviously la is not right on the border but uh it's close in enough. terms of just in terms of the market and 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 attracting players and all that uh it's going to be a good one it's going to be a good test and and look obviously club tijuana is not riding the, at the level that they were a year ago when they won the title uh but they're still a good team they still have a ton of americans on it uh, so, so it, it, there's gonna be so many storylines there. You're gonna have uh, Hercules Gomez, Paul Ariola uh, going up against the Galaxy. I think both, you know, Hercules Gomez obviously won an MLS Cup with the Galaxy uh, way back when, and uh, and obviously Paul Ariola. There was the whole kind of tug of war with uh, the Galaxy wanting him and him choosing Club Tijuana over the Galaxy. So there's gonna be so many storylines there um, to watch and. It's a little tough. It's tough. It's a tough, tough draw for the Galaxy. You know, you, 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 want, you want to think that they might have had a chance to, to, to do something, uh, make a run. Not to say there's no chance they could beat Tijuana. They could, they could, you know, they could definitely beat Tijuana depending on uh, who they have in on their squad, if they're healthy. Uh, but it's gonna, everyone's going to want to watch that one just because it's going to be a, some quality attacking soccer. And it's going to be a real, real chance to see how. These teams measure up. Well, Ivis, the uh, interesting thing, though, is that all three of the teams that advance out of Major League Soccer finish 6th, 7th, and 8th in seeding. And, I mean, they have some, like, like we said, tough draws coming up. I mean, Tijuana's not in the form, but still, the Mexican teams finish 1, 2, and 3. So, not a good showing for the MLS teams to finish in the bottom three spots of the seeding. 
Well, it's a tough one. You know, you, it, it's always going to be an issue for MLS teams when the group stage is taking place in the middle of of the playoff stretch run. So, you know, you have teams that that have to, de- you know, they have to deal with that. They have to balance their their, their rosters out. Mm-hmm. They have to make tough decisions. They they're not going to put their full full strength first choice 11s uh into those games. You know, they're not going to they just can't afford to do that. Uh so they they end up not getting the results that they can get, and and you know when it comes down to it, Mexican teams, not that Mexican teams are putting in their full full strength teams either, but Mexican teams have more depth, they have more money to spend, so that's where you really see. Uh, I mean, it's not the only place you see it, but you really see kind of the disparity that still exists between Mexican teams and MLS teams is the quality of depth that those teams have. You know, when 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 you talk about from player twenty down, uh, player fifteen down. Uh, there's just more quality, and if those are the guys that are going to end up playing in Champions League games, uh, then Mexican teams are generally going to do better. So it, it's unfortunate uh, the way it's structured, uh, but you know what? They got, they have to beat these teams sometime, and, and uh, there, there's no no reason why they shouldn't be able to. And, and look at the teams that are in it now. Um, San Jose, you know, yes, they, have they had a good year? Not not really, but I think they I think their roster's pretty good. The addition of Goodson, uh, I think I think they'll. They'll be able to put 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 a good test out there. LA Galaxy, as we already know, we, we know they, they have the potential to, to do something. And Sporting KC is a team that I think next year, I already get the sense, you already get the sense that Sporting KC wants to make a run. They're going to go spend money in the offseason. They're going to revamp their roster. And their roster is already pretty good. But I, I really think they see this tournament as an opportunity to make a run, make some noise, and really establish themselves beyond MLS. So I think they're a team you, you're going to watch for. And I think of the teams that are left in MLS, I think KC could be that team that makes that kind of run like Real Salt Lake made a few years ago. Well, moving over to the U.S. men's national team front, we're still a few weeks away from the European games that the U.S. men's national team are going to be playing November 15th against Scotland, November 19th against Austria. That still doesn't mean, though, that there is news pertaining to the U.S. men's national team. Uh, news came out the other day out of Germany that 18-year-old Julian Green is going to be called up by Jurgen Klinsmann to join the U.S. men's national team uh, in these two games. And Ivis, for a player at his age and the potential that he has, this is a huge uh, steal, pickup, whatever you call it by Jurgen Klinsmann. And, uh, I mean, he's a guy that, that could be a serious potential talent later in life. Okay, let's stop it right there. Pump the brakes. Let's get let's let, let's clarify a few things first. Number one, it's ha, it's ha, it has been confirmed. Jurgen Klinsmann has come out and said that yes, he will be bringing him in to the camp. Uh, uh, number two, he's eighteen years old. People, he's eighteen years old. Great talent, yes. tons of talent, but he's eighteen years old. He has not even played as a professional yet. He in in terms of first division. Soccer. He's played in the German third division with the reserves of Bayern Munich. So people who, who are already talking about the the World Cup and Brazil and all, <laughs> slow it. And look, it's happening. It's I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying the this is not a savvy move. are already being raised. There's already people speculating as much. And what's a, what's hilarious to me is not not many people have even seen him play, right? And this isn't to say he's not good or talented and the, the sky's the limit. No, no one's saying that's not the case. But I just, you just, I really feel like, and, and this happens all the time. You get people who look at the particulars and say, "Oh, he's at Bayern Munich. He must be by definition yeah, exactly. because he's in Bayern Munich system. He must be better than player A, B, C, D, E, and F now, today." And that's just not the case, folks. He's not there yet, but it's great. It's great 
that he's being courted, that Jurgen Klinsmann has has come forward and publicly expressed his interest in the guy, and that and that means a lot. Uh, everything that 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 you you hear and read and see about Julian Green is that he hasn't made a decision yet. We all, uh, for for those that don't know, his father's a very uh, uh, public, not public, but very uh, outspoken uh, fan and supporter of the U.S. national team. He's on Twitter. He's you know he's like proud dad. You know he's dotes on about his son, but he also makes it clear he loves the U.S. national team. He loves America. He's yeah. a, you know former serviceman. He wants his son to play for uh, the U.S. and he's also made it clear that you know they have to show that they want him. This is step one in that process, and and I think Jurgen Klinsmann is taking this opportunity to kind of get ahead of the game mm-hmm. and really start to court him. And, and, and it's not about Brazil, folks. It's about the future. Yeah. It's about beyond Brazil because he's he's made it clear. Klinsmann's made it clear. He's it's not just Brazil and then I'm gone. He he's seeing beyond that. So this could be a major step. He's he's playing the long game here, folks. He's not playing the short game. So so don't book Julian Green's ticket in Brazil just yet. Think about the fact that this is a great step, and it could mean um, it could mean so much for down the road for Russia 2018, mm-hmm. uh, the Olympics. Uh, that that's what we're talking about, folks. So it, it's great. Uh, we're talking about a fast, left-footed, really dangerous attacking player, goal scorer. Uh, he's quality, all accounts, everything I've heard. I haven't seen him play. I've seen highlights, and, and you can see some quality in the highlights that, you know, the, the, the goals that he scores that you can find. Um, but he's still young. He's still young. He hasn't played professionally in a first division league yet. So let's let's take it down a notch for those who are getting a little too excited because uh, it's already happening. I'm already get, I'm already getting questions about it. Is he going to Brazil? Is he going to be in Brazil? It's like really like the guy has not even played pro yet. <laughs> like settle down. But it's great. It's great. It, yeah. It's ex- it's exciting. It, it, and and the the best part about it is, I mean, you know, Klinsmann already like hit the jackpot with Aaron Johans, mm-hmm. a player who you know a year ago people probably would have thought, oh no, the U.S. doesn't have a chance to get him. They got him, and now he's looking like a great player. Who could be a starter in the World Cup, you know, potentially? Uh, and then you have John Brooks, who, by yep. all accounts, seems like he's coming. So the fact that Klinsman already looks like he could have Johansson and Brooks in the bag—I mean, he's already already winning. He's already ahead of the game. He's already crushed it on the recruiting trail. Uh, so here he is now. He's on. He's on Julian Green, and and you know, I, I think he'll get him uh, because you know what? Every sense you get from from the people I talk to and. And the players that I've talked to, when these players, these these dual nationals players, uh, come into the fold and they get a sense of the camaraderie, it's a different kind of setup. the The U.S. national team, uh, the the environment, and in American teams in general, the environment is far more welcoming than it is in other parts of the world, and and it's just how it is. You know, Peter Vermees had a great America's conversation. America's the best. Well, no, it's not even about that. But Peter Vermees oh. had a great, uh, you know, I, t- I talked to him a-, a while back about this, and he made a great point that in, in other parts of the world, when you're a new guy, you are con- you're pretty much an outsider and outcast until you prove that you belong within the circle. In the U.S., it's the opposite. With American teams, it's the opposite. You get embraced. You get brought into the mix. You're like, hey, new guy, you're you're with us now. And and you get embraced, and if you don't, and if you don't like earn that, if you if you if you show reasons why you shouldn't be part of it, then you get then you get the boot, right? Then you don't you no longer part of the group. So I think 
that works in their favor. I think once Green's in a camp, gets to know the guys, gets to hang out with the guys. Once he hangs out with Terrence Boyd, I mean, forget about it. Terrence Boyd's like the this the personality, right? I'm sure Terrence Boyd will take him out. I'm sure a lot of the younger guys in the U.S. will, 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 will you know talk to him. And, and I think that's that pull. I think it's going to be tough for for him to say no uh, as as we get forward and move on down the road. I think it's going to be tough for Julian Green to to. to to not want to stay in that mix. And I think that's been the impressive thing about Jurgen Klinsmann, Ivis, and, and you said it before. I mean, getting Aaron Hansen, getting John Brooks, and now asking Julian Green to come over. And then also the fact that Jurgen's been able to to introduce a lot of younger players, guys like Joe Corona, uh, Josh Gatt, uh, Bobby Wood, some other guys where, you know, these guys are going to be the future of the U.S. men's national team. And Jurgen's done a good job of, uh, of combining a lot of these guys uh, throughout games, throughout the Gold Cup and, and friendlies and and uh, other other game other matches, so it's uh, it's been good by Jurgen, and it's good to see that his eyes on the future as well as the present at the same time. Right, and and you know I, we all know the stories, we all know the the Nevin Sabotiches and the Giuseppe Rossi's, and, and and we all know the history of, of these situations where the U.S. didn't get these guys, didn't get these top players that they could have had. And Klinsman is fully aware of that, and he has made he has made the comment many a time. They do not want to have another Giuseppe Rossi. They don't want to have that situation where we're sitting here six, five, six years down the road, and and we have a, a an international caliber star player mm-hmm. who could have could have been on the U.S. team, but is not on the U.S. team. So um, I think he's done a great job with that, and and I think this this move for Julian Green, it just shows that that you know what they're not resting on their laurels. He's not resting on his laurels. He's not content with just having. Grab, uh, you know, gotten Johansson and pr- and probably gotten John Brooks. He wants it all. He wants he wants everyone that the U.S. can possibly get. And one thing I'll say is this, right? I know there are people. I know there are people not happy. I know there's some people who are skeptical about the idea. Why are we bringing in all these people, all these players who are not brought up in the U.S., not part of the U.S. system? It, it, it's discouraging to American players. Are coming up in the system when these these quote you know seeming mercenaries are getting called in that there, there's that's out there there's that perception I, I, and I, I you've gotten that sense in the past and it always kind of rises up whenever we have these situations that happened back with Terrence Boyd with Mix this uh even with Jermaine Jones when he he was kind of the first uh, first of this this wave to come in and, and number one listen Julian Green his father was was is was was a serviceman he he served. This country, so his son absolutely can represent the United States. There's no questions about it. He he is actually born here, mm-hmm. uh, and yep. and had, Julian Green was born here. He has visited here regularly, so he has ties to this country, folks. It's not even a question. That's number one. Number two, when when the U.S. when the U.S. Uh, the player development system is developing players that are good enough to keep these spots. Then that that that's that's the goal, right? And it, 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 we wouldn't have this situation if if the the system weren't were were not producing better players. And that's just that's just the reality, right? These players, these players like the Julian Greens, Aaron Johansson, makes this group, uh, you know, the, they have Terrence Boyd. These they have quality, and they have legitimate ties to the U.S. So they're going to get these spots. If you don't like that, that you know what? Don't blame them. 
blame uh, you know what blame the U.S. soccer development system for not producing better talent. You know, the, the, the I think the it's a little misguided the 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 backlash from that, and it's not a lot of people. I don't think it's like a majority. By no means is a majority. It's just that segment of the population who just is very xenophobic, very like you know forget these outsiders and all this and that. But you know what? These people have ties to the U.S. Legitimate ties to the U.S. They and a lot of these guys love the U.S. They love. For me, I get a sense they love the U.S. more than 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 a lot of American citizens. They who take it for granted. I mean, Jermaine Jones. I mean, he he loves the U.S. He's he's gotten the U.S. tattoos. Terrence Boyd, who was on our show and gave the great, 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 great answer when 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 we asked him about that, we asked him about the idea of, of people who hate the fact that he plays for the U.S. even though he wasn't raised here. And he and he he was so great when he says, "Listen, I would love to have been born here. I wish I was. I wish I wish I could have grown up here, but I didn't. You know, and and and, and it's not his fault." Doesn't mean he doesn't mean he doesn't love the country. Doesn't mean he shouldn't be able to represent the U.S. So, listen, folks, don't don't blame the players, blame the system. And you know what? Be grateful. These guys are good players. They have ties to the U.S. They want to represent the U.S. So that's fine. You know, let them let them do it. Right, Soapbox. I'll put the soapbox. I, I know. I was gonna say. You, you, <laughs> well, you know what? I, no, I'm not done. I'm not done. I'll even add a little more to this. Oh I'll, I'll my add a gosh! Bit more to this. Maybe people don't realize this. But did you know that 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 people who are actually not born in the U.S. can can serve in the armed forces? Did you know that? Uh, and this yes, is, I did know that. There's a history of this. There's a history of this through the years of people from other countries who come here and they love the U.S. and and and, and they want to you know defend the U.S. I mean, I had family. Oh, I that believe had, I believe from, I believe what I you're have, I believe what you're referring to is the as the peasants coming over from Scotland in the U, uh, Union military. Allowing them to serve in the uh, Union against the Confederacy. I think that's what you're bringing it back to. No, see, that, there's, see, there's a history lesson for you right there. That, no, that's that was a long time. No, that, that I'm talking about way more recently than that. Where, I mean, it happens now, where you have you know, uh, I mean, I, I, even in my own family, I have family mm-hmm. who came here from Peru, uh, who, were, who were born and raised in Peru, came here, ended up in the in the in, in the army in the U.S. So you know what? If 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 people can can represent. Can join the army and defend this country who aren't born here. Why in the hell can't players who have actual ties, have family, have blood relations that are American? Why in the hell can't they represent the U.S.? That's that's crazy. So settle down, folks. They're American. They want to represent America. You should love them just for that. Uh, over on the Americans Abroad front, I, I, I was going to start singing "God Bless America." I know, I know. I'm, 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 I'm taking you down off <laughs> your soapbox right now. On the Americans Abroad front, Jurgen Klinsmann continues to work hard. He put in a very nice word for the Gooch who signed with QPR. Uh, very nice pickup for for Anyewu, and hopefully he'll get some playing time rather than joining some powerful club and sitting on the bench. So a good opportunity for him to maybe throw his name back into the uh, Brazil World Cup picture. Long shot, but you never know what could happen. Well, I, I got to say, since you brought it up, it was an interesting comment from Harry Redknapp. And uh, you know what? It, it, for those who didn't hear it, Harry Redknapp pretty much said that Jurgen Klinsmann told him that Onyewu will be part of the World Cup team. So I don't know anyone who actually believes that that was, that was actually said and said legitimately. I don't think anyone believes that. So that being said, one of two things happened. Either Jurgen Klinsmann said something similar just to help the deal happen, or Harry Redknapp's just pretty much making stuff up to make the signing look more more legitimate, look look better for the for for QPR. It's one of the two, so it's a little shady there. I know a lot of people were like, "What? Like 
Onyehu's got a lock spot at the World Cup. That's insane. And you know what? It's it's not it's not that's not the case. There's no way that happened. He's not a lock by any means. Could he make it? Maybe if he if he plays regularly for QPR, gets gets his form back, he could make the team. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe Jurgen said that he wants him to be in the plans, and uh, Redknapp took it a different way. But I mean, look, Anyewu, good opportunity for him. It'd be nice to see him get some playing time again after the last couple of years haven't been so 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 kind to him, Ivis. Well, man, that wraps up the show, dude. Uh, you know, it's Friday night for you, man. It's about time for you to go out and go uh, go hit up New York City. <laughs> nah, not really, man. Uh, I'm taking it easy. Uh, I didn't go to sleep last night. I pulled an all-nighter yeah. again. I- Putting the finishing touches on a story I'm working on, a, uh, a magazine uh, piece that's pretty much the longest story I've ever written in my life. And uh, it's going to come out next week. I, I, I won't say what it's about. It's something, it's about, it's a, basically a profile on someone in MLS. I won't say who. Uh, it'll come out soon enough and, and you'll see, and, uh, you know, I'll let everyone know about it. But I, I went to bed. I was waiting for somebody to wake up so we could record the show, but they weren't around. So I, sta- I stayed up till 11 a.m. And, and then finally passed out. Uh, it, it, it's, it was crazy. I know I, I went. Uh, I fell asleep last night pretty early. Sorry about that, dude. Yeah, stop the the binging, the binge drinking, man. You can't handle it. No, no it's kidding. it's the Breaking I'm Bad binging, dude. Yeah. It's the Breaking Bad binging, man. I've that'll that'll up, mess I've, you I've up. I stayed breaking up late bad, the last uh, couple nights be- watching live, but you're like, I'll just watch one more episode. Then it's like two thirty, and I'm like, oh god, I gotta go to bed. Breaking Bad binges can be bad for your it health. Is bad, I, man. I can speak from experience on that one. It is. It is. All right, man. Well, uh, you have a good weekend. Uh, as Ivis and I said, no Q&A on this show. Uh, we have a new formula, new format that we're going to be doing uh, next week. We'll talk about it more on Sunday night once we work out all the details on that. Ivis, like I said, man, have a good weekend, and I'll talk to you on Sunday night. Thanks, man. Talk to you then. And as always, everyone. Oh, yes, Ivis, we'll talk then. Uh, thanks, man. Uh, as always, everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for your support, comments, and everything you do for the show. This is the SBI Show.